position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite... The deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 66 of the Best Links Games podcast, being recorded for you live on 2016-01-29, Friday morning at uh, 8.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific Coast Non-Domestic Gross Adjusted Time. Um, we have a huge, huge number of stuff to cover this week, um, but first, as always, our top stories... Uh, first of all, um, this episode is being produced under significant amounts of duress. Um, we are having massive technical failures here at, uh, thank you, Ivor, crack engineer, Ivor Molina. Uh, no, that one, no, this one goes there. That one goes there. Anyway, crack engineer, Ivor Molina is on the case. Uh, oh, although maybe not for long as, that connection may prove to be fatal, but, um, yeah, both of our systems are, wow, just going berserk in terms of gaming, at least. Um, so I wanted to get this episode recorded for you, the listener, um, as soon as possible. 
That's our first top story. Our second top story is we've launched a new website, or we're in the process of launching a new website called www.csgoisfail.com. That's uh, C-S-Go is fail, F-A-I-L, dot com. Um, and what we're trying to do is pull together 101 different users uh, who will register with their actual registered Steam names who own and play Counter-Strike Global Offensive and uh, find that what they have done to the game, especially post um, New Year's, is completely unacceptable. Um, and I'll spend 10 more seconds on this, but I'm a silver one. My name is Skooky Sprite. S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. I'm a silver one. I'm a silver one. I have 215 wins. That would be my number one reason why CSGO is fail. But please feel free to share yours. I mean, you know, the whole flattening of the entire ranking system, um, making it so that I can't play with my friends, actually, who managed to avoid. Um, you know, I, I, I was away for a month, then change. And, uh, you know, I went from Nova to Silver One. And I can't seem to get out of the Silver One ranking. And in fact, no one that I've played with seems to be able to escape it either. Anyway, that completely defies the entire point of Counter-Strike Go to me. What are your reasons? Uh, find us on csgoisfail.com, register, and share one of your own. I would like it if uh, in the next three months we could have 101 reasons. Because Valve is totally not interested in listening to us. So I would like to have this separate little site just as a kind of not a, you know, just as kind of a to encapsulate the moment of sheer frustration. And I've enjoyed actually now playing Counter-Strike Source more, but we can talk about those things later. Now, in terms of our new and noteworthy, as we are oft ones to do, we have several new and noteworthy um, titles predominantly this game called Pharaonic P-H-A-R-A-O-N-I-C and uh, let's see if we can uh, punch up some of this this here video Pharaonic According to the developers, is an unforgiving side-scrolling action RPG set in ancient Egypt. Explore vast kingdom full of dangers and brutal enemies while you find the truth behind Amosis One, the Red Pharaoh. What's really cool about this game is... And I, I played it for a little bit before um, it started crashing my system, which is not the game's fault. It's actually my fault. Pharaonic. Um, that's a... P-H-A-R-A-O-N-I-C um, is a beautiful 3D rendered combat oriented side scrolling platformer with role playing game elements right now it's in early access it's $11.69 
Um, it does run on Linux. It came out, uh, actually just yesterday, January 28th, 2016. Super awesome looking game. And what I got to play of it, I really enjoyed, but I, like I said, we've had all of these technical problems and I have these multiple monitors on the system on which I'm recording this, you know, now my, the system on which I generally demo, um, games and, Pharonic really hated this. Um, but it did work for one brief and shining moment. It was awesome. Blah. Up next, we have a game called Arctic Alive. And by the way, we are, of course, going to get to our promised feature, our rogue-like best of the best. But anyway, first up, but before that, we have Arctic Alive. Which builds itself as a simulator with elements of survival horror. Uh, the action takes place in Siberia on the research station, quote unquote, Arctic. And you're dressed like, where's Waldo? But you're a chick. Um, I have not bought this game, but it, it's really cheap right now. It's $3.99. And, um, in spite of the horrible translation and bad copy, uh, for which goes on to say, there was something in what is necessary to understand the player. The world is open for exploration. Well, so far there have been three reviews. This came out evidently today. Um, there have been three reviews, all of which have been positive. The game, the video itself looks interesting and scary. And the game is only $3.99. If I had a more stable setup, I would be buying this right now. That is Arctic Alive. A-R-C-T-I-C space A-L-I-V-E. Speaking of which, let's have some whiskey. Mm. Mm -hmm. Good whiskey. And that brings us to our final new and noteworthy, which is also our one and only deal of this week, because we have a lot to cover in terms of our roguelike roguelike, roguelite, rogue, 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 rogue deathmatch of ultimate destiny let's see, well, I was gonna punch it <laughs> I've more finally, we have a free to play open world winter sports game. It is called Snow. The sunrise welcomes my crag and my creek. Behind my ridges, the sun dips to die. Snowfall edges my frostbitten face. Ancient valleys you the pioneer. Etc, etc, etc. Snow is... Still in early access, according to this, although it says that the release date was October 10th, 2013. It's an open world winter sports game. It, I've played it. I played, you know, cause it's free to play. So you cannot, apart from like the three gigabytes that it requires to download, you know, in terms of your hard drive space, other than that, it is actually free. And if you tweak um, the config, it'll actually run on Linux, even with multiple monitors. 
it is spectacularly gorgeous. Um, the controls are very responsive. Only got to spend like four minutes with it, but I was pretty much automatic, automatically entranced. It's kind of like a real world take on, um, the glory that was SSX, the last SSX game mm, for the Xbox 360. I believe it was. Here's what they have to say. Early access allows Snow to reach its audience sooner and improve the core game through community feedback, approximately... And then there the, are the three basic... three basically downloadable content packs, quote-unquote, for the game that, you know, just entitle you to more and more shit. The most expensive of which is like 30 bucks, which I think I will be getting as soon as I have a more stable setup. It does have a multiplayer component, has virtual reality support built into it. Um, I was very impressed with it, even though it, from what I've seen, it only lets you, um, ski, has no snowboard. For, for as much open world as it is, like, um, I can't remember if it was in SSX. Yeah, I think SSX incorporates some element of this, but like, where you could tweak a grab, like, on a snowboard. Like, so, like, okay, well, you know, we're just gonna, you know, do, like, a... You could tweak it, and that would amp... Because, you know, snowboarding and generally snow sport tricks... I mean, like, it's a limited... It's a limited vocabulary of tricks that you can actually do in the, the real world. Um I could not pull off a grind, by the way. But, uh... There is every element of realism and arcadiness and open world photorealism um, that you could ever want from Snow. That was my initial impression. I've only played it for like, what, let's see. Play it for, I played it for 15 minutes. So, it's free, it's out there, it is called Snow. S-N-O-W. Now then, with all of that out of the way. Yes, Ivor, I know. No, we, we will we will knock out the last 10 minutes of the show as promised. Our ultimate death match of Oh, oh wait. Oh, oh. Oh, you say it's the ultimate showdown of Hit it, Ivor. Epic fail. Oh, the ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny. Get off the gray, get off the white. There we go. Anyway, it's the uh. Come on, you know the words. Come on, you know it. You know, you know it. Hit it! It's the ultimate showdown of ultimate roguelites. As in explosions as far as the eye can see. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> now that, uh, anyway, uh, the, <laughs> please go find the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny if you haven't seen it. So, what we have here is the ultimate showdown of roguelikes and slash roguelites and all games available for Linux that purport themselves 
to be rogue-esque. And I'm about to hit you with, out of 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, out of 16 games that I have played over the last three weeks, I'm going to hit you with the top five. So if you've been listening, yes, I know, it's amazing. I started this idea of having a, 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 a rogue-like focused show um, maybe six weeks ago when I just started realizing that there are so many fucking rogue-like games available for Linux, and I got really sick of it. So I, I thought, well, what are the really the best of them? And I, what I wanted was something that was side-scrolling, platformer style. Although this list does not, is not limited exclusively to those. Um, basically dungeon focused, although this list, once again, is not, there's, you know, blah. If you want to know every game that I considered, if your favorite game is not on this list, then I apologize, but either it didn't work or I thought it sucked. That's pretty much it. I've beaten my brains out over picking the top five best rogue-like and rogue-lite and rogue-esque <laughs> roguish, utterly roguish, man, games for Linux. Here we go. First of all, a game that I think has not gotten anywhere near as much attention as it should, Ascendant, A-S-C-E-N-D-A-N-T. Ascendant, for all of its happy, colorful, you know, uh, demi-anime, paper mache, paper cutout, kind of paper craft, blah, um, visual appearance is actually a very in-depth, Side-scrolling platformer that's heavily focused on combat, um, in randomly generated areas that are beautifully rendered with an incredibly in-depth, um, not not in-depth, an incredible depth and variety of enemies and combat styles etc. and strategies. It's a single player only game. I think it's a single player only game. That's the only way that I have played it. But Ascendant is our number fifth on our list of the greatest current roguelites for Linux. Up next, we have Roguelands R-O-G-U-E-L-A-N-D-S Roguelands Roguelands, I've had some problems getting it to run it has a sequel. I think it's, I think Magicite is the sequel to Roguelands, or maybe Roguelands is the sequel to Magicite. It doesn't matter. I prefer Roguelands to Magicite any day. Roguelands, um, is a mouse and keyboard game, unlike Ascendant, which you can play totally with just a joystick. Joystick. Excuse me. <clears throat> I know Ivor, I know I'm dying. Ivor Molina is calling the EMTs. Do not worry, Ivor. I will carry on. Roguelands is a mouse and keyboard game 
It's this side-scrolling platformer where you are like this space-faring, uh, pixel junk explorer, um, or whatever the fuck you want to call him. Um, and you jump off of your ship and you can play this, you know, with multiple people or by yourself, um, into environments that are randomly generated with randomly hostile enemies, you know, blah, with a character of, your own class with your own specializations, etc. Um, further variants of which are unlockable basically by virtue of your dying. Um, you can store, uh, elements and shit that you gather, um, from the environment that you teleport into, um, in magical storage chests, which, you know, go back to your ship and persist across deaths. Um, you know, it's there's a lot of rogue lands. I'm not sure if the game is finished yet, but if Ascendant doesn't quite look like it, it floats your boat, then you got rogue lands, which is very traditional um side scrolling rogue light rogue like RPG slash resource gathering pixel junk. Blah. It's also very fun and very addictive, but it's still superficial for me, which is why we are breaking the list and inserting randomly, right now, not randomly randomly, but we're inserting two of my favorite side-scrolling rogue-like platformers that have been omitted from this list as corollaries to Roguelands. Check out Catacomb Kids, which is still in way early access. And Vagante, V-A-G-A-N-T-E, which is also still in early access. Vagante is brutally difficult, blah, 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 but I think I, I prefer Catacomb Kids as, Catacomb Kids is just stupid hard. Um, it's not, it's not even done yet. Um, but Catacomb Kids and Vagante, both of them are really ridiculously difficult, and I've mentioned them a lot of times on the show, so, Blah, but I still like them more than Roguelands. Um, but I have not gotten to talk about Roguelands before on the show, so blah. So there's Roguelands. Up next, we have a game that we have never mentioned on this show, Sunken, S-U-N-K-E-N. Sunken is a cross between, uh, Diablo dungeon delving, isometric, demi-RPG, role-playing, uh, game, kind of blah, you know, the left mouse button attacks, right mouse button uses magic, you have mana in one orb on the bottom right of the screen, you know, it's blue, and then on the left, you got your health, and that's red. Um, Sunken, from what I've seen, the maps are completely static in Sunken, but the game is designed to kill you as fast as possible, and you respawn um, at the beginning of the game with an intact narrative structure, but without any of the benefits of... Uh, oh yeah, that's the other thing about uh, Roguelands. Um, when, just like in Roguelands, realistically, everything about this game is predicated on how many times have you died so far. 
that's how you really unlock new character classes and stuff. And that's kind of, that also seems to kind of be, I've only given it like, you know, 30 minutes of my time, but that, that also seems to be the design pattern for Sunken. If at all, if there is in fact any persistence between, you know, one instantiation of your gameplay versus death or not in terms of in Sunken, it's very difficult to tell if there's anything that, that you actually retain. Because it certainly ain't your fucking inventory. Um, it does remember your spell layout and your quick, you know, buttons, all that stuff, which is really cool and also makes it fairly brutally addictive. I'm not sure Shut up, Alexa. Alexa, stop. Sorry, my, uh, my high tech voice activated automaton. Tried to seize control of the podcast. Ivor, I thought you told me that that was under control. Anyway, so that's Sunken. If you're looking for a, I think it's like 10 bucks right now. Sunken is very pretty. And it's a weird cross between Diablo. It's literally a beautiful Diablo-esque isometric dungeon delver with basically the same control mechanisms as like Diablo, the original Diablo, maybe Diablo 2. Not Diablo 3, unfortunately. I'm still waiting for a game that really brings in, you know, calm. It's, it's a mouse and keyboard game, but I would really love for, for Sunken to be crossed with more, cross pollinate with more of a Diablo 3 for the, uh, Xbox 360, Xbox One. Um, where like, you know, you can create, uh, combos and stuff. Um, that are based on, you know, not just, you know, your mana and mindless button mashing, but also strategy, skill, and um, mindless <laughs> button mashing and mana. So that's Sunken. Very, very pretty game. Independently developed. Runs great on Linux. If you're looking for a, a game that's kind of like Sunken, but more like Diablo, um, and less rogue-like, in the sense that, like, you know, when you die, like, you're dead. Because <laughs> um, you start at the same dungeon, the beginning of the same dungeon, every time you die in Sunken. Which is cool. It's very interesting. It gives you a lot of, lot of many chances to focus and refine your strategy in terms of what the fuck it is you think you're doing. If you, if you like that type of game, then definitely go look at Torchlight 2. Please. Please. Because it's awesome. And you'll love it. So, okay, so that's Sunken. Then we have our two places of honor. As I mentioned in last week's episode and the week before that and the week before that, Zombie Grinder, which is... If you want to know more about Zombie Grinder, go fucking buy it. It's a fake, isometric, two-dimensional... Multiplayer, online local multiplayer, you know, like you can have like numerous people online, local, while you play online, you host, you join, you do whatever the fuck, your characters level up, their inventories persist, tons of guns, tons of customizations, lots of zombies, awesome soundtrack, 
Check out Zombie Grinder, which is totally worth the 10 bucks that I paid for it. I don't know what it's selling for right now, but that's Z-O-M-B-I-E space G-R-I-N-D-E-R. And yes, Ivor, I know we're basically out of time. So our number one game of our roguelike deathmatch. This game has taken so long for me to be able to play on Linux. But I finally... Got it to run uh, two nights ago. And oh, it is so worth the wait. And it is completely worth the $9.99 that they ask for full price admission. Risk of Rain. R-I-S-K space O-F space R-A-I-N. Risk of Rain is a... Is a traditional side-scrolling platformer. Oh wait, but it's not because here, here here's the premise of it. I know Ivor, I'm just going to tell you why you need to go buy Risk of Rain immediately if you're at all in the mood for a side-scrolling platformer that's a shooter, you know, roguelike. And if you don't want to play Vagante, you're not in the mood for swords and sorcery. You want like guns and bullets and aliens and Good old-fashioned blood and thunder side-scrolling epic. All of which you can play endlessly. Risk of Rain. Apart from the first level that it starts you at, everything after that is pretty much random. The longer it takes for you to complete that level, the harder it gets. Basically, there are, you start with one character class, it takes a long time for you to unlock the next character class. There are many character classes. Your upgrades and abilities and stuff do not persist across, um, different, uh, <laughs> you know, instances of gameplay, meaning like once you die, you die. Hence the whole idea of it being a roguelike. But the coolest thing about Risk of Rain, unlike pretty much any other game on this list, Risk of Rain, what you learn from playing Risk of Rain isn't something that can be like, uh, tabulated in statistical format, but it does equate directly to how good you are at the fucking game. And there, it seems so simple and so stupid at first. All you have to do is find the teleporter on each level. There's a timer. There, You get money from killing enemies. You also get experience from killing enemies. You basically have uh, three different attacks. You have four special abilities and one primary attack. I think it's... You have three special abilities and one primary attack. Something like that. The The tricky thing is the longer it takes for you to get to the teleporter and activate the teleporter in terms of in time the harder the enemies get for the duration of your play luckily there are tons of upgrades that you can buy with you know credits you can pray at shrines you know like basically a roulette wheel more or less of like well what will it give me? So, and uh, many of these uh, upgrades are stackable. 
it's an incredibly in-depth game and once you get good at it you will find yourself you know like you'll be like okay I'm gonna sp- I'm just gonna do it I just want to see I just want to see what'll happen like if I just want to see what'll happen you know I got 10 minutes you know and then you know an hour and a half later you'd be like oh yeah okay so wow my phone's lit up like a Christmas tree wow everyone seems to be really pissed that I'm not at work yet okay so yeah hang on let me just okay I died I know I know I died okay so but with a little bit of refinement I know that like I know that if this time, if I just, if instead of trying to like max out all my credits and max out all the upgrades I can find in, on that first level, I know that just, just one more time, just one more, you know, take five minutes, five minutes tops, five minutes tops. Then three hours later, your email inbox is filled with, you are fired, no call, no show, and it is the apocalypse, that is how much fun Risk of Rain is, and that's just single player Risk of Rain, so to recap, we had um, Ascendant, A-S-C-E-N-D-A-N-T, that is a cartoony looking side-scrolling uh, RPG with randomly generated uh, enemies and terrain that you fight through, but kind of has a persistent RPG element to it. Then we had Roguelands, R-O-G-U-E-L-A-N-D-S, which was keyboard and mouse, pixel junk, um, you're in space, you, you go to your little teleporter in your spaceship, don't confuse it with the risk of rain. Go to your little teleporter, you go to the hostile world, then you die, and basically, depending on how many times you die, you unlock different classes and better equipment. It's a sister of Magicite. I'm not sure if they're made by the same person, but if they weren't, then someone was knocking someone off, or someone's a brother from someone else's mother... I don't know. I'm just saying, just throwing that out there. Then we had, uh, two honorable mentions. We had Vagante and Catacomb Kids. Vagante, V-A-G-A-N-T-E, and Catacomb Kids. Um, that's C-A-T-A-C-O-M-B space K-I-D-S. Um, both of those are still in early access, both of which are very difficult, but they are totally rogue-like side-scrolling dungeon delvers. Then we had uh, Sunken, S-U-N-K-E-N, for those of you who want a kind of Diablo-esque experience crossed with rogue-like, you know, blah, that is also a keyboard and, uh, mouse game. Then we had Zombie Grinder. Go get that, please. And then we had Risk of Rain. So, that'll do us for this week. Um, once again, I want to just remind you real fast that uh, we ha- we are launching www.csgoisfail.com. Hopefully, next week, we will have more of all, a uh, more traditional show than, you know, what is presented here, but whatever. We do the best we're able to. Um, and, yeah. Uh, oh, also, one final thing that I really want to remember to mention uh, yes, Ivor, I know! Ivor's telling me we're way too late. Um, www.bestlinuxgames.com 
um, has been updated. It's not so good for mobile yet, but it has been updated and the layout has been changed. Like now you can see like our latest episode right there popped on the front page, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're working on making it better, uh, across mobile devices, but it's, I know Ivor, Ivor, he's, Take the gun out of your mouth, Ivor! Thank you so much, Ivor! Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week with more of the best Linux games. Your old friend Skooky Sprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. Find me on Steam, find me on Steam. Cheers! The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.